shoot, where was I? What did I say already? Uh, you, those books, one of which I recommended. Yes. No, you recommended both of these. I did? Actually. Yeah, okay. so this book, funny thing. This book, which is Across the Rainbow Bridge by Kevin Crossley Holland, illustrated by Jeff Lee Allen Love. This is a children's book you referred me to, which is ah, not a right. bad thing. Yeah. But did you know that this was a children's book? Um, yes. Okay. Uh, but... <laughs> I was very surprised. But it's very good. <laughs> it is very good. There's actually some interesting stories in here mm -hmm. that I will summarize because it's a, it's a very short book. Yes. And I also read Neil Gaiman's Norse Mythology, which... So, when, fun story. When I went to the library to get both of these books, I asked for Across the Rainbow Bridge first. And they were, they were like, okay. And then I was like, also, I want Neil Gaiman's Norse Mythology. And... I spoke to three librarians about this, and all, like, you know, the first one I was like, where would I go for this? And they were like, oh, you would go here. Also, mm -hmm. that book, that all three of these librarians had Gaiman's book, I highly recommend. <laughs> uh, like, all three of them. Like, the first one, I was like, I'm looking for Norse books. And they're like, cool, you should go talk to someone that will look those up for you. You can go here. And then mm -hmm. I spoke to two different librarians about these two different books mm -hmm. because this one was obviously in the children's section. Right. And this one was upstairs somewhere in the confines of the Dewey Decimal System and yep. impossible for me to find. Well, unless you know the Dewey. Which I do not. I used to. <laughs> I used uh, to. So, yeah, the, the Dewey Decimal woman, <laughs> she said... Oh, I love that book. Best way to learn about Norse mythology. I was like, Good. fantastic. So you should read this at some point, too. I should. I uh, I actually just started sort of tangentially relevant, uh, The Sandman on Netflix, yeah. which is based on a Neil Gaiman book. Another friend of mine just finished watching it and was like, dude, you have got to watch it. And I was like, yeah, I mean... Pretty, it, I mean, pretty good episode one. I mean, I've read the comic, so I imagine it's very fever dream. And he said, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, the first episode seemed fairly lucid, and I was like, mm, okay. But then I watched like a trailer, and I was like, whoa, this gets weird. Ah, hmm, I might have to stick around just to see what this is about. Yeah, there's a lot of scenes that I'm just like, I, I'm gonna want more context for that. He said there was a Remus Lupin scene that was yeah. um, absolutely wild. Yeah, I don't. Again, that's one of the ones I was like, I need context because <laughs> all I saw was Lupin, and I was just like. And he, I'm not going to spoil the line, but he said a line. And I was just like, I want to know what the fuck that meant. What <laughs> I'm do you sure mean by that? I'm sure I'll know what line you're talking about when I get to it. Yeah. And you had two different books that yes. you read. Uh, my sources were the Edda, also known as the Prose Edda, by Snorri Sturluson, and the Poetic Edda uh, by various and sometimes unknown authors. Um, What's the distinction? So... The main distinction is that the Edda, the one called the Prose Edda, is written in prose form, whereas the Poetic Edda is a collection of epics and poems. Yeah, that's the most obvious it's, version. It's the main one. Yeah. Um, the Poetic Edda was kept as best they could, close to the original as they could manage. Um, there's a lot of various translations. I have the one translated by Caroline Larrington. Mm -hmm. um, and the... Prose Edda, it actually reads more like a classical textbook. Um, That's what I was afraid of. The well, classical textbooks much more interesting to read than modern textbooks. Oh, are they? Because, and when I say classical, I mean like in a Roman, like Latin form, because they're typically written as a dialogue between a master and an apprentice, and so it almost mm. reads like a story, and it's like the apprentice going. But master, what about this kinds of stuff? And he's like, well, we do this because explanation. And he goes, okay, uh, but wouldn't that mean this? And they go, it would, but we get around that by doing this. And so it's an explanation of something to a novice. And so as a novice reading it, you're like, oh, I'm that guy. Uh, I'm the fucking idiot um, learning these things from the master. And so that's <laughs> and so Snorri wrote the prose edda as, um, and I'm putting motive on him i don't know that this was necessarily his intention as like a textbook on how to compose um traditional icelandic poetry okay so snorri was from iceland yes and when did he write this 
Um, boy, you got me on the spot. I don't know an exact year. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. I know it was when Iceland was still uh, under Norwegian rule. Okay. So, so are we talking were... like pre-Dark Ages? Um, I want to say we're looking at like 1200s, 1300s. Okay. So around there. So post uh, Holy Wars. Yeah. So Snorri was actually a Christian monk. Okay. Um, and so one of the reasons I decided to do the Poetic Edda also was because a lot of these stories were bound to be Christianized in some way. Yeah, that came up. When they were up. translated by Snorri. Mm-hmm. That came up in the intro to this book. It's in the foreword, like one of the first lines. Is, yeah, it's literally the first line. Just over 1,000 years ago, the rulers of Iceland decided that their island should officially become Christian. But they also wisely said that if any Icelanders preferred to go on worshiping the old gods, they could do so in private. Yep. Um, interestingly, Snorri has a preface or a foreword that says almost the opposite, which is uh, the stories that you're about to hear are the... Uh, I don't know exactly how he phrased it, so obviously I'm paraphrasing, but... In a sense, he was saying, these are the attempts of a simple people to make sense of an absolute truth. And you should in no way think that these are true things. They are probably more likely uh, actual historical figures that in a long terms of storytelling have been raised to deific status. In Gaiman's and they are in no way the one true God. Yeah, in Gaiman's <laughs> introduction to his book, he said something similar. He said, and this is what I thought was really interesting, which is I'm really curious to see what your findings are and the differences, because Mm -hmm. Gaiman said for his research, he read both of those books. Mm -hmm. He read the Poetic and the Prosetta, specifically because of, I think, the reason why you wanted to read both and find the distinctions is because a very, very Christian man from a society that was... very recently, like 200 years prior, Mm -hmm. converted to Christianity, he wrote it. Right. And so So, he's got some... Actually, his his analysis to me was was pretty interesting to read because he goes as far back as being like, look, this is the name Odin, also Woden, which comes from that. And like, he traces it back. He's like, I'm pretty sure these are like Hellenistic Trojans that have come all the way over here, and that's that's who the Aesir were. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that's a fairly sound argument. Like, the, you're looking on the map, like, that shit tracks. I don't know. Yeah, because there's <laughs> the Aesir gods and the Vanir gods. Right. And at some point, there was a union and mm-hmm. a peace treaty. Yeah, but well, there's the war between them, and then Mimir gets his head cut off. The interesting thing I noticed was most of the of the gods from that pantheon that we know of are Aesir, and most of the goddesses that we know from those pantheons are Vanir. Yeah. What's that um, about? Do you know? No, nah, I mean, I can't really think of something, unless, I mean, if I'm looking at it from, like, an archetypal or a Jungian perspective, the idea that the masculine is, like, order and civilization and progress, and the feminine is, like, the earthly, the creative the material, uh-huh. then the Aesir represent civilization and the coming of civilization. That's why Odin is constantly looking for knowledge. He's what ordered the world, like he built the He's world. always seeking to become wiser. Right. And then most of the feminine or creative aspects come from the more material, which would be the Vanir. They're the earthly beings that were already here. We get poetry from the Vanir. Yeah, Odin stole it. Yeah. I mean, you <laughs> know, like one. warlords do. Yeah. Um, but one of the, the interesting things about, if you're going to read one of the Eddas, I highly recommend reading both and starting with the prose because, like I said, it reads like a textbook for writing Icelandic poetry, which means it's a textbook for understanding Icelandic poetry. Oh, okay. And if I had started reading the Poetic Edda without that, I'd have been so fucking lost. Because mainly because the the, the Icelandic skalds have uh, this, I don't know if you call it a style or a concept. It's called a kenning. A what? A kenning. So K-E-N-N-I-N-G. Kenning. Where 
they'll substitute a noun for like a a metaphoric phrase substituting and a noun so for instead a of saying phrase. yeah in, instead of saying the word poetry yeah they would say odin's mead right because i mean that's where the story comes from right because in the story odin stole mead yeah that was poetry and came and he spit into yeah, the jar that's and then right. they all drank I from remember, it. I remember I remember hearing about this. Um, they they often would use phrases in reference to a story to describe yes. just literally so the thing they're talking about. It's a metaphorical about. descriptive phrase. Yeah. Um but they would do that to like keep like the rhyme and the meter or whatever they were trying to do cuz the noun just wouldn't fit. Like, yeah. I can't just say Odin. The, it's not going to fit. The, so I have to do this the, Kenning thing. The but, name Odin, in, in their language, what even was it? Uh, Odin was one of them, but there's like 27 names. You got to use all of Odin. them. Yeah. And in, it's kind of funny. In the prose edda, you get to, it doesn't say you met Odin. But if you know all of Odin's name, you know that this guy was talking to Odin. Yeah. Because it says he comes into a hall and he sees three kings on three thrones, each one stacked on top of one of another. Um, and the king on the bottom is high. That's his name. High. High. And the king in the middle is higher. (laughs) Is what? Higher. It's higher. And the king on top is the most high. The most high. And all three of those are names for Odin. High as in not hello. High as in No, high as in he's like the high king. I am I am the high king. I'm the higher king. I am the most high king. king. (laughs) All of which are names for Odin. And so it's like this guy meets King High, King Higher, and King the Most High. Not knowing that that is Odin. But at one point, those kings, being Odin, say, oh yeah, there's the king, there's the Odin, the Allfather, who has all these names. In which he says all three of those names. Yeah. So if the guy's paying attention, he's like, oh, fuck me. That's the same guy. You're Odin. You're Odin. But he never figures wow. it out. Okay. He like, never figured- so, I mean, the whole thing is written as this guy who, who comes asking all these questions and yeah. like, traveled to... Yeah. Yeah. To Asgard, it's to a ask sh- them. it's a shorthand for for them. Yes, which I think the um, way that they do it poetically <clears throat> is interesting. Yeah, but it gets confusing because they can link like metaphors and kennings to mean one big thing. So like, um, it was common to refer to the ocean in similar terms as land, but then tie in like some sort of aquatic theme, like a whale. So you'd be like the League of Whales. That meant the ocean. Mm-hmm. And then a ship would be the steed on the League of Whales. Because the ship was a vehicle like a horse that you would ride, and the land you ride that horse on would be the ocean. Yeah. And then shields, when they would sail, they would stack the shields on the side of the ship. Yeah. It was defensive capability for the ship, but it also gave you somewhere to put your fucking shield. Which there wasn't a lot, pretty, of, not mean, a lot of floor space on the ships. I mean, it's practical, really. I love that. Yeah. But so then they would refer to shields sometimes as fences of ships. And so instead of saying a shield, you could get a kenning that would say the fence of the steed of the League of Whales. The fence and you're like, of the steed I got to start League at the end Wales. and figure out what the fuck that means to get all the way back to the beginning and go, oh, it's a shield. It's a shield. Because they wouldn't just say shield. Because <laughs> <laughs> it didn't fit. The poetry, like the the poetic form that they were. I take for. it the prose at a takes the time to explain this. Yes, that's how I know any of that. <laughs> um, and so when I started reading the poetic at it, it was a lot easier to understand because I knew, like, they, when they translate, they do a good job of hyphenating in the kenning, so you know that that's a kenning. Okay. And so you read it, and then you just learn like these metaphors. Like sometimes they call rivers uh, forests of fish traps, and they'll refer to uh, fish traps as trees of the river. And then and they're sort of interrelated. And then you'll have kids that are like, why is it referred to like that? And it's like, well, let me tell you this story. Yeah. Um, a lot of times gold is referred to as some kind of fire, like fire of the river. Okay. Gold and fire of the river. Uh, the fire of the arm was like a gold band you'd wear on your arm. I- that Swords are, are often referred to as storms, like battles or storms. It's really interesting like how closely tied just literally their culture is to their gods in that way because like yeah. you're talking you're making specific references to all these things and i i can gleam what stories you're referencing yeah. 
because I've read the, these books. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's well, and it, why and that story And it works the exists. other way in that growing up, you would teach kids all these stories. Yeah. You wouldn't teach them how to compose poetry. You would teach them the stories. Yeah. But then they would hear the poetry. Anytime there was a feast, their uncle would get up and they'd recite this poem. And now they know what he's talking about because they know the story. And then they grow up knowing the story, knowing those metaphors. And then when they compose their own stuff, they extrapolate even further and they make even more well, now I understand what Gaiman, what Gaiman rather was talking about in his introduction, because he was talking about the tragedy of how many stories have been lost yeah. from Norse mythology. Like this is just this is so yeah. little, and it's the tragedy of it is a man who was like, "This is all bunk. This is my under, this is yeah. my understanding, my interpretation of this." It was a man that was not a part of the culture that was. A, explaining it mm -hmm. and that was what was accepted and so because yeah. that was the only thing that was accepted i'm get, broadly speaking there's so much that's lost yeah there's i mean even if we have all of the stories even if we have all the stories we don't have the understanding of the stories mm -hmm. that comes with generations of being brought up Believing the stories is true. Mm -hmm. Living in a culture where everything got passed down in poetic form with metaphors based on those exact stories. Like, uh, there could be kennings in poems we don't understand because the story they relate to, we don't have. You know, I think, I think it's really interesting <clears throat> because clearly poetry was very, very important for them. Yeah. And it sounds like it needed to be because did... Did the Icelanders, did they, like, write their stories down, or was it all just passed down? Generally speaking, the way most civilizations advance is you start oral. Right. And so the reason most of the old stuff we can find is in poetic form is because it was the easiest to remember. Mm -hmm. And so it's very likely that they were told orally for a very long time before anyone bothered to write them down at all. Then that's what I figured it was going to be, because... I think that's why the language is structured in that way, because it yeah. has to be. That's yeah. how they figured out, over generations, I'm guessing, mm -hmm. the most sensible way to structure their language so they could remember all of this stuff that their culture needed to know. Yeah. I think that's amazing. It's very smart. And Icelandic skalds, which is what they call their poets, are called skalds, were famous throughout the world that knew of them. I mean, Norwegian kings refused to have Norwegian poets in their courts. They would import skalds from Iceland. They're like, I no, y'all are way better at this. <laughs> I love that. These Norwegians suck. <laughs> Give me one of them Icelanders. They're fucking bombed. Dude. Uh, so yeah, so, so reading, read the Edda first, the prose Edda, then the poetic Edda. Read them side by side, however you want to do that. But if you're going to read the poetic, you got to read the prose. Otherwise, so much is going to be lost on you. You're just not going to understand some of the stuff. You're going to read a, a sentence and be like, what the fuck is a fish I mean, of the valley? I mean, that what does that sense. even mean? Because I tried to read like, uh, you know, an older text of the Divine Comedy. And I was like, I can't. It's hard. I don't understand. Like, I, like, I'm reading it, but I'm not comprehending anything. Yeah. I mean, there you're was, looking at it in English. And you're like, are you sure it's English? Yeah. I got an audio book that I've just... I should listen to it mm. at some point. It's, it, it is a uh, more modern translation of it that is an attempt to better convey what the original text was trying to yeah. say in a way that, you know, we can understand. Mm. And, and I just haven't gotten around to listening to it. Yeah. It, the Divine Comedy is really good. Yeah. That's, if, if we were covering outside of mythology maybe i don't know maybe we do parts of the divine comedy for abrahamic but i was going to say the the divine comedy itself has influenced so much what modern christians and even, i mean even modern non-christians understand about like abrahamic hell it, it's true i mean the when most of your idea of what it is is not biblically founded i mean founded. even from a cultural just from a cultural perspective mm -hmm. like an american's view of what hell is is yeah. directly it comes from the divine yeah, comedy yeah you can almost draw a straight line yeah like there it is mm -hmm. it's like that milton's paradise lost and paradise regained and a little bit of the book of revelations and yeah. you're like i'm pretty sure i know what hell is yeah but it's mostly those two like works of fiction, not the Bible that people are like, that's what hell is. Yeah, no. I remember my dad was straight up like, we don't actually know that there's a hell. And I was like, what do you mean? What? He was like, he was like, well, you see, 
um, my parents were Jews, so let me tell you a thing or two. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, never heard of her. Yeah. He was like, um, actually, the Divine Comedy. Anyways, we, we are not on Abrahamic myths. We are, we are on not. Norse we are on Norse myths. myths. Um, so the stories that I wanted to specifically tell and the stories that you wanted to specifically tell is what we should tell the audience. Yes. Uh, so th- three that I'm going to do, and uh, only two of them are actually stories. One's more of an event. Uh, it is how Odin lost his eye. Um, Odin is notoriously one-eyed. That's like chapter two of this book. Yeah. Of Gaming's book, <clears throat> I should say. Um, does he, like, go into a whole story about it? I've pretty. Yeah. Sure, I've heard, like, there's dialogue and everything. Uh, hang that on. That does not exist. I should have the index uh, readily available to access. Um, so, yeah, it's an introduction. The players is chapter one. Mm-hmm. Before the beginning and after is chapter two. Um, chapter three is about Yggdrasil and the nine worlds. Like, basically yep. just yeah, yeah, yeah. explaining Laying what it is. Laying out the geography of it. Yeah. Yep. Um, the first actual story, like, is... Uh, Mimir's head and Odin's eye. Okay, perfect. Um, in the prose edda and in the poetic edda, mm-hmm. there is no overt tale saying this is what happened and why. Okay. It just says this did happen. And we know it did. Okay. Um, but it doesn't explain necessarily like the motive behind it, the purpose to it, mm-hmm. um, when necessarily. So... Other than it had to have happened, presumably before the Aesir Vanir War, because Mimir was still had his head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It gets cut off after that. Remind so. me for people that don't know, and also because I'm not fully clear on it, who is Mimir? Uh, Mimir is a Jotun, an ice giant, or just a giant, um, that lives by Mimir's well. It's only known by Mimir's well, so. It's That's almost Mimir. famous because Mimir lives there. Yeah. Um, and is actually One Odin's the same, really. maternal uncle. Odin's maternal uncle. Yeah. It is Odin's mother's brother. Because Odin's mom, also a Jotun. Uh, He's half ice giant. Okay. Sure. 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 <clears throat> oh, that's right. That that makes more sense. So, because in the players, because it the that's the first chapter. Yeah, it, it just talks about who everybody is. Well, yeah, but it talks about mainly the big three, basically, as far as, I guess, Gaiman could tell, which mm-hmm. was Odin, Thor, and Loki. Yes. It, and it says the that... main characters, if there is one. Yeah, and it says that Loki is the blood brother to Odin. Yes. Distinct difference from Marvel Comics. Correct. Which is, was my first introduction to Norse yeah. gods. Yeah, well, and in Hell is actually Loki's daughter, not mm-hmm. their sister, yeah, hell, yeah. So yeah, Loki and Thor aren't brothers. So Loki is Odin's blood brother, and Loki is basically the father of most, if not all, monsters. Yeah, I mean at least the main ones. Yeah, he's the father of Jormungandr, the Midgard serpent. He's the father of Fenrir, the wolf, or, or Fen- Fenrir wolf. Yeah, is also another name. That um, it's father of Hell. Yeah, it's father of Sleipnir. 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 Uh, uh, the the, uh, horse, eight, eight-legged, the horse. eight-legged horse, yeah. which is one of the stories I want to talk about, actually. That would be great. Um, so anyway, Odin's Eye, and then the two actual stories, The Death of Balder, yeah. um, and Thor's Fake Wedding. <laughs> <laughs> if we have time to get to that one. Okay, so we're not, you didn't want to talk about Ragnarok. I thought you did. Uh, as much as I love talking about doomsdays in every culture, no. Um, <laughs> however... That does relate to the death of Balder, because yeah. the death of Balder is, as far as Odin was aware, the first domino okay. that sets Ragnarok because off. Because in the way Gaiman tells it, it's kind of a three-part story, right? The mm-hmm. death of Balder, yeah. and ha- like why Balder remained dead, right? And then Ragnarok happening, yes. Because all they understood was like the prophecy of Ragnarok was. Once Balder dies, Ragnarok will soon come after. Yeah. And so they were like, the okay, we'll just fucking make sure that Balder doesn't die. Never dies. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's part of the story, so we can get into that. Um, and then what stories did you want to The stories over? that I want to come o- go over. The first one I want to go over is The Treasures of the Gods. Mm-hmm. That one, one is pretty cool. And then The Master Builder. Also a good one. Yeah. So... Um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, the, sorry. 
how should we go about I would this? say let's start with Odin's eye. Yeah. Because I feel like chronologically, chronologically that makes earliest. sense. And it is the shortest. Yes. Um, the basics is just that to do a little bit of uh, but a worse job than Neil Gaiman of laying out the geography here. Mm-hmm. You have Yggdrasil, the world ash or the world tree. Yeah. It's traditionally an ash tree. Uh which was also what man was made out of. Yes, and it was it was ash, and uh, there was another one, because they used one to um, make men and one to make women. Yeah. Um, fuck, it wasn't Rowan, was it? I think it was you. I don't know. I didn't write that one down. I'll, I didn't write either of them down. I I'll, just remember. I'll that man look. Was ash. You talk. I'll look. Okay. Um, anyway, the world tree. Everything is situated in and around the world tree. The world tree has three roots. It's embla. Embla. Embla is what I believe uh, women are made out of. Yeah. All right. Now you know. Ash and Embla. Elm. Elm tree. Elm tree is what men are made out of. I love elm trees. Ash is what men are made out of. Um, Both of which you can't plant here, but that's a... The plant fact we don't need to get (laughs) here. Here being mid Missouri, (laughs) fatal fatal diseases to both. Um, (laughs) Really, just the state of our world. Um, So anyway, there's three roots to Yggdrasil. One root lies among the Aesir in Asgard. Yeah. One either covers, goes over, or is in Ganungagap, or what's left of it in Jotunheim among the frost giants, and then one's in Niflheim. Uh, That's where Nidhogg the dragon like chews on it. Yeah, um, Nidhog. The yeah, it says right here, yeah. Dragon Nidhog. Underneath that second root mm-hmm. in Jotunheim, that is where Mimir's well is. It is one of the ways in which the world tree is watered. It gathers water from this. The well contains wisdom and intelligence. So the reason Mimir is so damn smart is he drinks from it every day. And Odin, in his infinite quest for knowledge goes to Mimir's well. Presumably it's not too difficult because it is his fucking uncle. Yeah. And I mean, just, he's probably he, just saying hello. And he says, I'd like to drink from it. And Mimir says, you need to make some kind of sacrifice. I want your eye. And so thinking that would be enough to deter him, he is proven wrong. When Odin rips his eye out, uh, the prose and the poetic got to disagree to a certain extent on whether or not the eye sits on the well, like on the side, or if it's in the well itself. Per Gaiman's uh, telling, it's in the well. That, uh, and that makes more sense to me. It's part of... I mean, he didn't explicitly say it, but the way I interpreted it is part of the reason why Odin has that wisdom is because his eye is yes, in the well. because he can see into intelligence yeah. and wisdom. Um, and then, in exchange for an eye, Mimir gives him one drink. Yeah. That's it. An eyeball gets you... One drink. One drink out of the well. Um, one thing I found interesting is that what he drinks it out of is called Gallerhorn. Love but that. But it's definitely a drinking horn. Yeah. Heimdaller, uh-huh. the god that guards the Bifrost Bridge, yeah. has a sounding horn, like a trumpet, also called Gallerhorn. I don't know if those are the same horn or not. I mean, a Gjallar horn is also what you would just use to describe that kind of horn. Right. So the question is, so is it, could it the be, same horn? That's, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if it's the exact same horn or if, or if they're just... Maybe that was the first one and then all subsequent Gjallar horns I were... I mean, they're, they're both capital G. Yeah. Proper noun Gjallar horn. So I don't know. But Gjallar horn is what Heimdallr rings to signal that Ragnarok has begun, to warn all the gods. Mm-hmm. So if they are the same horn... What does it mean that the horn that Odin gained wisdom from is also the horn that announces the end of the world? I mean, there's two ways to look at that. The way I look at it is that, uh, I mean, the wisdom that Odin receives. I mean, by definition, wisdom is something that you learn, like, after the fact, right? It's like... You like intelligence versus wisdom is intelligence is you understand to, for example, to avoid doing something because you just you learned it and you were like, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. But wisdom is uh, something that you learn. Yeah. The, the way I've always described it is that 
Intelligence is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Yeah. Wisdom is knowing it doesn't go in a fruit salad. Yeah. Yeah. And you know that if you've tried it. (laughs) And you go, that's terrible. (laughs) It's a fruit, though. Doesn't work. No. Doesn't. You got apples, you got grapes, you got cantaloupe, tomato. Tomato is great with a vegetable salad. That's right. (laughs) Not, Not a fruit salad. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's interesting that, that the vessel through which he has obtained wisdom and intelligence would also be the instrument by which he is forewarned of the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I mean, that's a pretty direct correlation in my mind is that it's, I, yeah, it's, it's I, what announces what you need to I know. I think it's the well had a lot of knowledge and one of those pieces of knowledge was how the world was going to end. Right. And that's why he knew. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, it, this isn't a story per se, but I think it really drives home the idea of sacrifice for greater gain. Um, in yeah. that, you know, an eyeball can see what's in front of you. Yeah. But it's pretty limited vision. I mean, as humans, we don't even have 180 degree field view of vision. No. So it doesn't see that damn much. <laughs> so to trade that to be able I mean what wisdom is seeing way more mm-hmm. um, and then you know water but it's seeing it. it's seeing things that are not in front of you right it, it, well I mean it's the ability to think plan to expect things to, yeah. to see the outcome before it happens yeah um, and then water typically and I'll probably say this like every podcast is a common symbol for the unconscious. And a well, I mean, the underground, is also a very common symbol for the unconscious. And a well is just water that's underground. Mm -hmm. So it's double unconscious. And he removes consciously the thing that can see what's Mm -hmm. in front of him to gain from the unconscious the ability to see things that aren't in front of him. It's something that I think is really interesting about stories that primarily feature Odin. Like, whenever <clears throat> Odin is going on adventures, it's usually in an effort to gain more wisdom. Yes. And, and so I think it's interesting that, like, in most of those stories where he's, like, trying to gain more wisdom, he's being very unwise. Yes. In his adventures. Yeah. Um, well, and even the the sort of follow-on from this story is he ends up hanging himself in Yggdrasil. Na- because now he knows that that's what he needs to do. So he learns from the well that the way to manipulate destiny is you actually have to carve runes into the wood of Yggdrasil itself. Uh-huh. And so to learn how to do that, he has to make a sacrifice. And so he hangs himself from the tree while impaling himself with his spear for nine days and nights and commands all the other Aesir gods that they are not to bring him food or water. And so he suffers for nine days and nine nights to learn how to use magic runes. I think I remember that coming up in American Gods. Yeah. I think Shadow had to do that at some point as well. That's a rough go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So he, he gets wiser. Yeah. But he earns it. <laughs> he has to to obtain the wisdom. Yeah, he's you can't you can't just hand somebody wisdom. I you mean, gotta go, you want wisdom? It's like I mean it's like Mimir. This is his nephew. He's not being unduly cruel. I mean, he's like, if you wanna know something, you're gonna have to go through it. I mean, yeah. Like <clears> that's <throat> like it's it's kind of like sometimes somebody I'm not gonna go into specific stories because mm-hmm. like I've had this happen a lot of times. Like someone will ask me, how do I do this? And it's like, well, the answer to what they want to do is actually very simple. And I can give them that simple answer, but they'll just be like, I don't, I have no idea what you mean. Like, they're incapable of understanding what I just said to them because it's so contrary to what, like, the answer I give them is basically telling them to do something that they've never done. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, let me put it this way. What if I was like, Ryan, how do I act? Right. It's like, okay, well, first you want to project, um, you want to face the audience, and you want to uh, become your character. You want to think like your character would. I'm going to tell you, walking away from this, I'm no better an actor. Right. I know those things now. Right. 
doesn't help. No. You have to go through the process <laughs> yeah. to understand what you're being well, told. I shouldn't say it doesn't help. It helps to direct the experience. Yeah. Now I know what experience I need to go get. Yeah. But outside of that, it, I'm not a better actor now. I just know like, how to go be one. Like basically what I try to be what one. I would need to say, like the, the, the wisest thing to say whenever somebody asks you a question like that is tell them the first step of their journey. Yeah. Which is kind of what these stories do. Well, and that's and that's what I think Mimir was doing because of all the sacrifices Odin makes over his lifetime, giving up an eye is like the least. And so when he's like, hey, Uncle Mimir, let me get a drink of that well. He's like, you're going to have to give something up. Yeah. Because uh, it's only going to get harder from here. Yeah. And you might as well give it up now, learn how to accept that loss, and take the benefits that's going to come with that because it's going to be worth it but you're not going to know that in the moment so you go ahead and rip that fucking eye out and then maybe i'll give you a drink and, and he's he like did done it. And he's Un- like, <laughs> like unquestioningly yeah and then that's when amir's like Fuck, take a drink man. you've <laughs> earned that <laughs> you know like he he went through the pain he gave up the thing you get the wisdom i mean it speaks to <clears throat> odin's tenacity to become wiser yeah and and I think that's why like all the all the other stuff about Odin aside, he's way better than Zeus. Oh yeah, but I he's agree. Not, he's still not great. He's not. But I uh, but I, I totally will say agree. the the journey towards trying to be wiser is something I think everybody can relate to. Yeah, and that humanizes him in such a sympathetic way that it's hard to be like, yeah, fuck Odin, dude. That's. Exactly <laughs> what I was thinking when I was yeah. listening to these like, stories because like, I couldn't help but compare them to the Greek myths we just went over. Yeah, and, and you're just like this guy's a fucking prince charming <laughs> compared to the rapist we just read about. Yeah. you know, and it's like it's it's hard to even see the bad things. We're like, I don't know, it'd kind of I mean, be a it's dick. like man, like there's <laughs> no rape in any of these stories. None of them force themselves on anyone else. It's it was so refreshing compared <laughs> wow. to Greek. <laughs> and you know, I'll say that does reflect culturally in that, uh, as far as I'm aware, and, and unless something's come out new that proves this incorrect, uh, Viking women could divorce. Yeah, they could own land. They could theoretically hold positions of power, although something... I don't think it's necessarily common that they did. That was something the children's book, uh, Across the Rainbow Bridge, talked about in the foreword, is like one of the important things about this book is, you know, showing the equality of men and yeah. women. They were surprisingly egalitarian, yeah. especially for their time. I mean, in some places, even today, they're better than that. There's places today women aren't allowed to drive and go to school. But like, yeah. even by today's civilized, modern western or eastern society were like yeah first world country the vikings still did some stuff they were like we could learn from that yeah we could probably work better on doing that stuff yeah Uh, probably could lean more that way yeah but anyway that is the story of odin losing his eye yeah he gives it up willingly (laughs) Uh, for wisdom Hi, this is Functionally Literate. Hope you've been enjoying listening. This episode is brought to you by me. I made this show. I'm Ryan. I'm broke. If you could donate a little money my way with a sponsorship or a product, like, I'll be a shill for money. Um, and I'm going to use that money with which to buy books. Because let me tell you, right now I'm checking stuff out of the library and it's rough. You can email me at funk.lit.pod at gmail.com. That is F-U-N-C dot L-I-T dot P-O-D at gmail.com. You could also be a patron of this podcast. That's right. This podcast, Functionally Literate, we're going places. We have a Patreon now. You can give me... A dollar. And in exchange, you will be able to listen to this podcast ad-free. That means right now, you don't have to listen to this bit. You can listen to the podcast uninterrupted. It just goes without me going on about things that you don't care about. Just for a buck. And that will increase in value every two weeks because there will be another ad-free episode. 
Additionally, if you'd like to just pitch a little money my way, like you don't, you're not interested in being a patron, you can uh, go to my PayPal, which is also in there. I made a bunklet PayPal. It'll all be in the description. Links all, all the links in the description. So the story <laughs> that I want to talk about next is, let me turn to it because I'm going to need the reference. Da, 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 the Treasures of the Gods. Oh Just man, some good stuff in here. Yeah. So I also need my phone because that's where I wrote my summarized notes. <laughs> da, da, da. Scrolling. Yeah. So this story really, it's basically about how Thor got Mjolnir. Yeah. Like that's, that's, the, that's biggest like the biggest one. Yeah. significance to it, especially to me because like, you know, Thor is in the Avengers. That's right. you know, he's awesome and I want to yeah. know how he got his freaking yeah. hammer. And and then in uh Ragnarok they break it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then in Love and Thunder it comes back even stronger. Of course. It's very comic book. Yeah. It yeah, like you know what it does? Like you'll love this. So the thing it spoilers for Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs> it so now because it was broken, it's come back together. Mm-hmm. And now it can break apart when it's thrown and each little piece can hit different things and then it'll come back together. Mm, interesting utility. So now it's, in addition to all of its other powers, it also casts Magic Missile. Yeah, yeah. It uh, For those D&D lovers out there, it goes from bludgeoning damage to piercing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just for the sake of resistances, in case it comes up. I don't know. <laughs> it's also a magical weapon. It's a DMS. Immunity not magical. Magical. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> all right. So how does Thor get Mjolnir? So, well, <clears throat> it starts... Um, with Thor waking up next to his wife Sif, yep. which is another distinction from yep. the comics, is he's yep. never he never actually gets with Sif, which I think is bogus. Um, playing the long game, yeah. Natalie Portman's not into no, it. No, he's married to <laughs> Sif, and he wakes up one morning and he looks at her and she's bald. Love it. Her beautiful blonde hair that she was famous for. Yeah, she was known for her beautiful hair. Is gone completely. Okay. And Patrick Stewart gone. So Thor, he picks up his belt, which I didn't know this belt existed, yeah. a Meganyord, mm-hmm. which doubles his already immense strength. If, if you want to know where the D&D belts of giant strength items come from, <laughs> yeah. it's right there. It's Thor's belt. Yeah, no joke. Uh, so yeah, he, put, he puts his belt on, you know, he gets dressed, and he's like, Loki did it. That son of a bitch. And Sif's like, how do you know it's Loki? And and Thor's like, whenever anything like this happens, I just assume it's Loki. It saves a lot of time. Yeah. So he goes to Loki, and he's like, why did you do this? And he like he's he's like, you know, he puts him over a barrel, basically. Like, he starts beating him up and, like, threatening him. And and Loki's like, I thought it was funny. <laughs> I thought it, I was drunk and I thought it would be funny. And he's like... Uh, in, in Loki's defense, which I won't say often, but I'll say it here, it is. <laughs> it, it is funny. It is absolutely ridiculous and, and hilarious. Well, Thor does not think it's well, funny Well, of course not. If all. someone shaved my wife's head, I'd be livid. <laughs> um... That said, if someone shaved someone else's wife's head, yeah, I'll laugh. Well, Thor <laughs> decides that he thinks it would be funny to break every bone in Loki's body and yep. then come back the next day and do it again yeah, and just ad nauseum, just do it just every day. It's a very Prometheus-esque Yeah, and he's punishment. like, I think it'll take me about an hour to do today, and I think uh, in a month I'll get it down to 15 minutes. I think this is going to be a very interesting month. And so he starts to break the first bone, and Loki's like, I'll go to the dwarves. I'll go to the dwarves, and I'll fix this. And he's like, what do you mean? And he's like, the dwarves can make anything. I will ask them to make beautiful golden hair better than she had before. Ever-growing 
lustrous golden locks. I mm-hmm. promise I will go to the dwarves and I'll get that done. And Thor's like, well, get to it then. And so Loki, in just classic trickster god cliche, he can never do anything normal. He can't yeah. just go to the dwarves and be and commission them to make yeah. beautiful yeah, you know, I'll golden pay hair. You make some hair. Yeah. No. Yeah. He... So he goes to uh, two groups of dwarves. Um, he goes, hold on, I wrote it down here. He goes to the sons of Ivaldi, these three dwarves, and he tells them, uh, hey, could, could you tell me where I could find Brock and Eitri? I've heard that they are like the best craftsmen you know, around. Yeah. And the sons of Ivan are like, what? We're way better than them. No. No, us. And Loki's like, I heard Brock and Eitri were pretty good. Could you tell me where they are? And they're like, nah, piss on them. Like, we can make way better stuff than them. And he's like, well, I heard this about Brock and Eitri. And they said that they wanted to challenge you to, like, the gods. And they're like, what's the challenge? And he was like, you gotta make three treasures and present them to the gods and the gods are going to like decide who made the best shit. Hmm. And he was, uh, they were like, well, yeah, we're going to do that. And he's like, oh, and one more thing. One of the treasures has to be like ever growing golden like hair that can, you know. Yeah, functions like real hair but made of gold. Yeah. And they were like, oh yeah, we can do that. Yeah, super easy. (laughs) Of course. So then. Anybody can do that. So then he goes and visits Brock and Eitri. And he tells them basically the same thing and tells them, like, that the sons of Ivan were basically saying, like, like talking smack and was like, oh, they think they're way better than you. And they they challenge you to this to this competition. And he tells them, you know, the same stipulations. And Brock is, like, skeptical. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, really? <laughs> the gods have posed this challenge. And you... You have no stake in this. Like, there's no reason that this is that and... you're telling me, <laughs> not someone else. Mm. And Loki's like, no, no, this. I swear, this is what they said. And Brock, because he's skeptical, is like, okay, fine, but one extra condition, then Loki, if we win, because the sons of Ivan think they're so great, um, I get your head. And Loki's like, sure. Of course. <laughs> and so they get to it. So Brock and Eitri get to work. You know, Eitri's the one that makes all the stuff, and Brock's the one that works the bellows. And so Eitri's like, okay, so for this first one, uh, I, I need you to just like keep the temperature consistent the whole time. And so he's doing that. And, but, you know, he gets started, and there's this black fly. That is bugging Brock. Mm-hmm. And it starts biting him. It's yeah. very distracting. Very annoying. Anyone that's ever swam in a lake, you know what that's like. Yeah. Horse flies. Hate them. Yeah. Um, and so Brock fucking hates it, but he doesn't like try to swat the fly away. No, he's got discipline. He's got shit to do. And uh, so, yeah, the first thing that was made was amazing. It was this... Uh, arm ring. I don't remember the Norse name. It's in here I it's somewhere. It's drop near. Yeah, but it, uh, it, they refer to it as the dripper. They mm-hmm. call it both things, but yeah. they're like the dripper. Why is it called that? And it's like, well, it drips these rings that are exact c- copies of this one mm-hmm. every nine days. He's like, oh, that's pretty cool. And he's like, I, yeah. So now I'm gonna make the second thing. I need you to. Pump the bellows even harder, but you got to keep the temperature the same. And he's like, okay. And that black fly, again, fucking, it, you know, bites his neck, bites mm-hmm. his, his uh, forehead. And he, he, uh, but he's like, no, I got to keep doing this. You got to keep the forge steady. Got to fucking keep the forge steady. Dietri comes back and is like, excellent. Second thing is made. This is awesome. Now to this third thing. This is going to be the hardest thing yet. You're going to have to pump the bellows even harder. It's got to be even hotter. And 
you cannot let the temperature fluctuate. He's like, okay. And this time, that black fly is relentless. It bites his eyelids. It bites both of his eyelids and his nose oh, and his it lips. Sounds so uncomfortable. <laughs> ah, I'm mean, like, my eyes are watering. And this, about it's it. like literally, it bit his eyes so hard it was bleeding, mm-hmm. and so it looked like he was he was crying blood. And so bro- this is just too much for Brock. He has to swat this fly, so he. He pumps the bellows down as hard as he fucking can. Yeah, sure, I yeah, bet. Right. And he pumps <laughs> those fucking bellows as hard as he can and swats at it real quick and then, you know, keeps pumping the bellows. Pretty soon after that, Ichi's like, stop! And then he goes back in and he's like, I don't know what the fuck you were doing. The temperature was all over the place, man. It's ruined. And he's, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, but like... What happened? And he's like, the handle's going to be too short. Hopefully it'll do. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. And so then, pretty soon after that, Loki walks in. And it's like, are the treasures made then? And Brock's staring at him, you know, bloodshot eyes mm-hmm. and, you know, bleeding face and neck. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to really enjoy taking your head off. It's personal now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! Because Loki did it. Loki was that he fly. Did. Of course he did. <laughs> like the shapeshifter I threatened to decapitate isn't messing with me. <laughs> I don't think so. And, <laughs> and so you know, uh, yeah, the sons of Ivan and then Brock and Etri, they go to the gods to present their gifts. Um, and. And literally, Loki just walks in and he's like, hey, um, so these two groups of dwarves have this really fun challenge. They want to present each of you three treasures and you guys get to vote on which, like, group made the best treasures. And Odin's like, oh, I love that. Yeah, sounds great. (laughs) Yeah, I'll take stuff. Free stuff. Yeah. Um, He is wise enough now not to turn that down. (laughs) (laughs) One eye later, he goes, I'll take free stuff. Yeah. I paid for the last drinks. Yeah. So the uh, first treasure was um, o- was Odin's spear, Gunganir. Gunganir, yeah. That's the one he impaled himself on when he hung himself in the world tree. Yeah, well, he wasn't... I don't think he was thinking about that. Probably not. Um, at the time when Probably he got it. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, he... I mean, that's interesting that in the Edda, it tells it in that order. Because mm-hmm. this took takes place after he gets his wisdom. Or at least it's told after that story. Yeah, they're, they're very fluid in their, their timeline. It's not yeah. always real clear when what yeah. thing happens. Gunganir didn't come up in the other story. I, I'm i going to assume that's Gaiman's attempt to just like kind of have yeah. some... Like, have some sort of timeline. Yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting because he says straight up like his... And uh, his approach to it and what he encourages other people's approach to it is, like, learn the stories and tell them your way. Yeah. Which I think is amazing. Yeah. Like, that's it's classic. That's classic Bard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyways. So he gives, he's like, hey, yeah, no, this spear, uh, you know, when you throw it, it won't miss. And Odin's like, well, that's perfect, seeing as I only have one eye. Yeah. Love that. It's shitty death perception, but <laughs> got him. Yeah. Um, and so then the second thing that the sons of Ivan present is the golden hair. It's a wig. It's yeah. a magical wig. Yeah. And Thor's like, wow, okay, try it on, Sif. Sif puts it on. And then immediately it starts, like, sinking into her roots. Mm-hmm. Because Loki ripped her hair out by the roots. Right. It wasn't going to grow back. Mm-hmm. So this wig just yeah it just sinks into her scalp, yeah. and now then it's just she's living and, golden hair. And then she sweeps her hair and she's like, "I love it." And Thor's like, "Impressive, good job." <laughs> <laughs> I have a pretty wife again. Uh, yeah, love it. And then Sif immediately fucks off to go show off her new hair to yeah, her. Yeah, she's friends. like, "I don't care about the rest of these <laughs> spears and shit. Uh, I don't care." Yeah. Um. Uh, Oh, wait, hold on. There was one more thing. It was a silk scarf, uh, or at least it looks like a silk scarf. Uh, and this was presented to Frey. 
No, Sif. So that Sif did leave. Mm-hmm. I, for some reason, I conflated Sif and Frey because yeah. before the, I read this book, I didn't realize that Frey and Freya were siblings and yep. separate entities. Yep. Yeah. Whenever Frey or Freya was referenced, I always thought it was like the same mm-hmm. person. Uh, but yeah, no. So Freya was given this silk scarf, you know, folded up silk scarf. And he's like, well, what's this? And he's like, well, while it looks like a silk scarf, it's actually a ship. Yep. It's called Skidbladnir. Skidbladnir. Yeah. Uh, you unfold it, turns into a ship. Yeah. Don't like, want a ship? Fold it back up. Frey's pretty impressed. <clears throat> it's a cool ship. So then it was uh, Brock and Eitri's turn. So the first thing that they present is Drip, Dropnir. You know, they give that, and they're like, oh, here you go. He's, he's yeah, Odin, make more rings. Odin puts it on. He's rich. like, what's up with this ring? And they're like, every nine days, it will drip nine identical rings that you can gift to people. Yep. And Odin's like, oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah I love, yeah. I mean, this Lots is. Lots of money. I can give people free gifts. All That's, the time. Uh, great. Yeah. Love that. What I always wondered, do the copies also do that? I don't think so. <laughs> Is it just the original that makes I was thinking more, that would be like copies make copies? I was thinking that would make for like a fun D and D quest. Like it'd be like, a very like re- uh, find the ring, like which one is the, the real, real dropner? Yeah, <laughs> that'd be cool. Um, the second one, the second gift that uh, Brock and Eitri present is this mechanical boar. Very fast mechanical boar to haul chariots. It was very fine. You know, they Good they, stuff. Yeah, they Good were stuff. like, yeah, Quality no, I, I love this. I yeah. love this. Taking it all in. Then the last gift was Mjolnir. Yep. They present it in front of Thor, and Thor's, you know, looking at it. And, you know, the, like... The smacky part is very impressive. Yeah, he's like, this is good. Yeah, he's whoa, like, this. Whoa. He he does. He he looks at it and he's like, the handle's pretty short. Like that's the first thing he says about it, and Brock's like, that's my fault. I was handling the bellows. I'm very sorry about that. I hope you won't judge this hammer too harshly, though, because it is very impressive. Uh, when you throw this hammer. <clears throat> It will never miss. And it will come back to you. Also, when you throw it, you can make it bigger or smaller. Also, it can cast down lightning from the heavens. And Thor's like, this is the best gift I've ever had. Yeah, because Thor is, like, notoriously aggressive. Oh, yeah. He's just like, like you know what I love? Killing Jones. Yeah, like, he's the, def- he's the defender of Asgard. Yeah. And so there's, like, here's this, here's this weapon. It, uh, it won't miss. My eyes are it very... It makes lightning. My eyes are very watery. Oh, no. I, I need... Tearing up at I the sound need... of this magical hand. <laughs> it's an impressive piece of it's work. It's a very impressive piece of work. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you, sound guy, Chris. Thanks, Chris. For finding tissues for me. The best guy. Love him. Love that it, he set everything up. I just came in here and sat down. That's right. It was great. That's it. That's all we do. We love that. You um, know, if this ever becomes a vodcast, yeah. we're going to have to dress a little better. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm wearing, I got a hole in my pants. I got paint I'm, all over me. I'm wearing drawstring khakis. <laughs> I'm wearing not drawstring khakis, but carpenter pants. Because I was painting the library today, so. Oh, nice! Yeah. I went to the farmers market today. Mm. Yeah, that's a good outfit. That's a good farmers market outfit. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Kara, um, she went to the farmers market because she's babysitting today. She's mm-hmm. like spending all day with this small child, and she was given nanny money to go on like adventures with the kid. Nice. Yeah, and so she went to the farmers market. I, I assume because she texted me and said she wanted three specific things from the farmers market. She was like, I want you to get this peach jam, and I want you to get this strawberry jalapeno jam. Oh, that sounds good. It is. It that is very good. good. I've now discovered, yeah, because I good. have it here with me. Oh, boy. I, oh that's, yeah. Because that's when I went job. there, they said to me, uh, this goes great if you pour it over uh, uh, cream cheese 
mm-hmm. and then dip crackers in, in it. Yeah. And I said, well, I got to fucking try that. Yeah. I've never done that. So you ran a store to get some crackers. And that's what I have here. <laughs> and and then I foolishly did not bring plates. This is no. toilet paper. Oh, man. Yeah, but we don't that is do toilet, we have paper plates by chance anywhere tissue. in sure. the studio? Thank you, everything guy Chris. He's now more than just sound guy. We appreciate it because that will make a nice snack for us to have Dude, while we, we record. Um, and, so, so yeah, uh, the the Mjolnir is presented, and Thor is like, guys, I think Brock and Eitri win. I think like it's no contest. Bad news, bad news for Loki. <laughs> and. Uh, the other gods agree. Like, Odin agrees, like, this is the hammer that will defend Asgard. Is straight up. Like, yeah. because it's widely known and acknowledged that Thor is a defender of Asgard. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, um, immediately Brock's like, fantastic. All right, Loki, I'll have your head now. And the gods are like, what's this about? Right in all the studio, I found paper plates. Fantastic! Perfect. A single plate. It's oh, not needed. paper. It's plastic, but that's immaterial. So we'll get to that here in a little bit. We'll take a little break after yeah. I'm done telling this story and have some uh, crackers. So Brock goes to take his head off, and Loki's like, "Whoa, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, you can have my head, but the agreement we made did not say anything about my neck. You cannot take any of my neck." And Odin's like, this is true. Fair enough. And uh, Brock's like, how am I supposed to take his head off without taking off his neck? And Loki's like, you should have thought about that before you made the deal. It's really your problem. Seeing as you cannot take any of my neck, I don't think you'll be taking my head off today. And so uh, (laughs) uh, Brock makes a very special... Uh, knife that would allow him to to do that uh, because he's decided that he doesn't need all of the head. Yeah, he's decided I'll leave your jaw. That's fine. And so he goes to cut, and it he can't cut. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Why can't I cut you?" And Loki's like, "Well, you see, I've made myself impervious to cutting in case my." Uh, can't cut my my neck gambit didn't work. I've made myself <laughs> impervious to cutting altogether. <clears throat> <laughs> so, I, in the version that's in the Edda, um, I believe after Odin's like, yeah, you can't touch his neck, they're like, well, how the hell am I supposed to do that? And Odin's like, I, it's really on you. Mm-hmm. If you can figure it out, you can figure it out. And instead of trying, they settle for sewing his mouth shut. Yeah. Um, they sew his mouth shut. That, that's what I was going to say next. Oh, okay. Uh, because they were, he was like, all right, well, I mean, if I can't cut you, I'm going to fucking do some other horrible thing to you. Yeah. And then he chases Loki off. And yeah. that's the end of the story. Because then it transitions to uh, some uh, philosoph- philosophical notions, which is this is how the gods got their weapons. This is this is how Mjolnir came to be. Mm-hmm. Because Loki just couldn't do it any other way. This is not what Loki set out to do. No. Like literally all Loki was trying to accomplish in his own way was to get Sif her hair back. Yeah. Because you'll notice like the the sons of Ivan who made the hair, they did not win. No. That doesn't matter. Sif got her hair back. Yeah. And and incidentally, Mjolnir's a thing. Yeah. Which I think is pretty damn cool. Yeah, and the one I'm just thinking this through. The none of these weapons or or items ever come back to bite Loki in the ass. No, because uh, Loki gets killed by Heimdaller in Ragnarok. Yeah, and Heimdaller got nothing. <clears throat> well, um, it's they it the book goes on to the way it tells the stories. It doesn't really call back to this necessarily, but it does make me think about how actually Mjolnir, in a way, does screw Loki over. Because Loki is um, always being a trickster, and so anytime Thor thwarts Loki, it's because of Mjolnir. Yeah. 
That is the one exception. Yeah, I'm, and now I'm just trying to think of it through, like a symbolic perspective. Sure. You know what's. You have the trickster plays a trick. Yeah. And the result of the trick is not only things being better than they were before, or things being as they were before, but they're actually better. Yeah. Just not for Loki. Right, but not for Loki. Like, Loki gained nothing. No. He amused himself. So he gained amusement. I suppose. That's about it. I guess the takeaway would be, if you can fix the problem you caused, (laughs) (laughs) then it's probably okay. (laughs) I mean, I just think it's so funny. Or or I guess the, the real takeaway to... Not the cynical one would be if you cause a problem, yeah, you are responsible for fixing it, yeah. And the best way to do that isn't to just make things the way they were, but it's to actually give something more than what you had somehow taken away. From I somebody. mean, that was, I mean, that was the big thing because, like, it the it was a bit of a wrinkle, the whole yeah. thing where it's like, all right, I'm gonna take your head off then. Yeah. I mean, Loki <clears throat> could have come clean and been like, all right, look, here's the deal. But he would never, ever do no. that. Um, and I think that speaks to sort of um, what Carl Jung would call the shadow. It's the negative aspects of you. Sure. And so for every archetype and archetypal expression that you have consciously, um, there's parts of you that you repress, that you put down. And you're like, nah, I'm not going to do that. And that's and where when, the flaws come in. One, and when they're not consciously expressed, the unconscious is like, well, fuck you, we're going to do it. Yeah. But it does it in a negative way, yeah. and that's the shadow. And so Loki is the trickster. The trickster is an archetype, yeah. and it can be a good one. Yeah. But when you constantly try to repress the trickster, that's when you get the shadow form of the trickster, and that's when it gets malevolent. Right now, Loki is not repressed. The trickster is allowed to play his tricks, and look what happens. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yeah. You lose one thing. You get not only that back, but a better version of that back, and all this other stuff, thanks to the trickster. When Loki gets repressed, you get Ragnarok. Yeah. I mean, because, like, all of his children, they have to figure out what to do with them. Right. And so, one, and I get the next story we're going to talk about is the death of Balder. Yeah. Which Loki is punished for. Yeah. And that's really what brings about Ragnarok. It's not even that Balder's dead. It's that Loki is punished for Balder being dead. Um, and so they, they physically repress the trickster. And it comes back in the form of monsters, and it ends the world. And so, psychologically speaking, that means there's a playful side to you, and if you don't give it a healthy outlet that can be constructive, it will be destructive. And it could be destructive to the point of totality. It can ruin you. Wow. So, uh, play games, have fun, guys. (laughs) 